2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Yeah, we are live, people. We're live right here on SportsGrid. It is the (laughs) early line. I'm Kevin Walls, joined by Donnie Wrightside. We're making it happen. We're making it splash. It feels different. It feels good. It feels right. It's draft day in the NFL DRS. How are you, my friend? Hey,
4: let's get after it. You're right. It is draft night here. looks like we do know who the number one overall pick is here, and that's a pretty good thing. But apparently, Kevin, the number one overall anything in the NBA last night, not a great thing here, Kevin, apparently. (laughs)
3: Certainly, certainly not. We will get into the draft uh, here today throughout both hour one and hour number two. You are right. It does look like uh, the Houston Texans are on the clock as Bryce Young is now minus 5,000 to go number one overall to the Carolina Panthers. We will talk about the rest of that quarterback class in about 10 minutes time. But let's get to the NBA. Boy, I got to tell you, you know, a little pre-show. I just I don't know if the audio's not translating right, but it sounds like there's sour grapes on the other side of this telecast here. Jimmy Buckets does it again. Number one overall seed, hit the bricks. Jimmy B far too much for Milwaukee, as was the case. 42 points, eight rebounds. Getting hot from beyond the arc for no reason. Giannis was out there. 38 points, 20 rebounds. Not enough. No excuses. Heat in five.
4: Yeah, how about that, too? Hey, Giannis, make a free throw. Maybe the home team crowd that should start chanting, one, two, three, four. Not because the seconds that Giannis has actually taken, it's because how many misses that he can get from the free throw line. You got to make your free Mm -hmm. throws when it counts. But having said that, that's back-to-back games. You have the better basketball team, a double-digit lead, both on the road and at home, and you crumble in the biggest moments here. Now, can you blame the players? Absolutely. But usually, you know who goes? The coach. And Mike Bouldenhoser, now on the hot. Seat here. No, oh, he just won a championship. So did Nick Nurse. You're hired to be fired in the NBA. Bullenhosers time's coming close here.
3: Also considering that Budenholzer is multiple times lost games where you go, oh yeah, he's probably being fired, and then he won a championship, and that bought him a little bit of time. But then when he just decided he didn't want to call timeouts anymore, uh, it felt like he was like, you know what, let's speed this process up. Uh, I want to go on vacation. Uh, I can't deal with this anymore. Moving throughout the rest of the results last night in the NBA, Gold State gets it done on the road. Uh, they have consistently found a way to win at least one road game in all of their series during this dynastic run and they've done it again 123 to 116 steph leading the way with 31 points clay five made triples and what's that draymond green 21 points off the bench golden state leads three two Yeah, no
4: surprise there yesterday. It's a shame, too, because you knew it was probably going to be an injury that would affect the series if it comes down to it. And Fox, if you're just looking at the broken figure, oh, but look how many minutes he played. Yeah, but look at the efficiency on the offensive end. It clearly affected him. But credit the Warriors. We used to say they can't even beat the Rockets on the road. They actually beat the Kings on the road in the tough environment. That's good on them.
3: That'll help them. They certainly now have a massive advantage heading into game number six. Is the uh, pressure on them, though, as much as Sacramento? Because can that team really win twice on the road? We will get into that. How about the Knicks? My, oh, my. You want to talk about embarrassing, uninspiring, lackluster? That's how I think you would describe Cleveland Cavaliers, once again failing to score 100 points here against the Knicks. Julius Randle banged up, uh, and once again, let's be honest here, folks, that's about a positive here these days for the New York Knicks. Jalen Brunson and co. close this thing out in five against the higher-seeded Cleveland Cavaliers. Radio audiences live as well on a Thursday morning. Sports Grid Radio, Series XM Channel 159.
4: And by the way, I was hoping to wake up this morning and see the final score and realize the Knicks and the Cavaliers, Kevin, both got knocked out of the playoffs. Come on, man. And my eyes hurt. My eyes hurt from that series. Stop it.
3: I'm going to give the Knicks a pass. Is it because they won the series? I don't know. More so just because Cleveland was so embarrassing that I don't think we should group. The... I want to bring the Knicks down to their level. Like the Cavs belong I, in their own I, tier of awfulness. You know what? I'm starting to let's start to chant here. This Cleveland Cavaliers team would have been able to win an NCAA tournament. You know what? I'd like to see them versus Gonzaga. You the big gas station would have ran Evan Mobley off the floor. Memphis and L.A. The Grizz aren't able to force a game six. Back at the crypt. 116 to 99. John Morant leading the way with 31 points, 10 rebounds, and seven assists. Your leading scorer, Desmond Bain, and his 33 points in this game as that one two punch here really powering Memphis.
4: Yeah, I lost my same game parlay in this, but I was correct there on the Grizzlies winning. It was one of those games, great team at home, throwing the kitchen sink at the Lakers. The Lakers do know they have a game six in their own building, but just a little disappointing of how it actually played out from a Lakers side. But the one thing you do have that silver lining. Come on, Anthony
3: Davis, keep it going, man. 31-19, and
4: do that again in game six. Lakers will be moving on.
3: That is definitely not happening. AD will once again be taking game six off. I can almost guarantee it. (laughs) Boston and Florida, the Panthers, in OT, extend this series. What is that about? Are the Bruins shaky in the playoffs? Many are asking, DRS. I mean, some are saying the Celtics and the Bruins
4: now on the ropes, Whoa. apparently, here. But as we always say on the show, when Boston loses, America wins. And that counts on both the basketball court and also on the mm.
3: ice. Absolutely so. Lastly, here, Major What's League that? Baseball. I can't, I had to get this in here. I mean, what's true, Donnie? The Pirates are tremendous or the Dodgers stink? The 17-8 Pirates beat the 13-12 Dodgers. I mean, just go back to last year. The
4: Pirates absolutely dominated the Dodgers and are continuing it this year. It's crazy. Just don't match the Dodgers up with the Pirates, and apparently they can win the World Series.
3: This Pirates team, though, has been on fire. I know they had lost the game prior, but still 17-8 overall is incredible stuff. We'll be right back. Talking Draft Day next
0: Reese, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: Draft Day 2023 here in the National Football League. We're live on sports Grid. I'm Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wrightside. Before we move forward, I do want to remind everybody one more time that the Sports Grid app is live in the Apple Store. Make sure you download that and get involved with all the information that you need, pick, prop, projections, as well as the ability to customize the feed, follow along with your favorite sports and your favorite hosts. Also go to SportsGrid.com slash watch. And find out all the places that you can get on the grid. Let's keep this thing rocking here. The NFL draft, Donnie, starts with Bryce Young right now at minus 5,000 to go to Carolina. The opening question is, is there any doubt that Bryce Young will be the pick here at number one overall?
4: It looks like there won't be. And what a long, winding road, Kevin, it has been to actually seeing who the number one pick will be. So many different people in that top spot. When when the season ended, it was always going to be Bryce Young. Some of the numbers shifted. But here, as we sit, basically hours away from the draft, it looks like it'll be Bryce Young here to the Carolina Panthers. And if I'm the Panthers, the organization, the fan base, you got to be pretty happy with that because it looks like you traded up with the Bears. You got the guy that you wanted all along, and away you go in your franchise. And so how this for Frank Reich? Whoo! finally. We're not playing musical chairs anymore, and I can settle into a guy I don't know, I might have for at least two years now. All right, Panthers, here you go.
3: Yeah, look, uh, we also got a tweet this morning from Tom Pelissero of NFL Network that essentially told us the pick is in, uh, and that it is Bryce Young, the last line, the most important one, saying, source, League sources have believed for weeks it'll be Bama's Bryce Young referring to the Carolina Panthers. And then the questions begin. Who is going to go number two overall? Who is going to draft at number two overall? Right now, Will Levis is the favorite to be the second overall selection at plus 175. Will Anderson is the next option here at plus 250. As I spin through here, Donnie, because there also has been plenty of uh, noise around Tyree Wilson, the Texas Tech edge. This feels like it is either going to be the Texans drafting Will Levis, or the Texans drafting Will Anderson, I do not think the Texans are trading out of the second overall pick any longer.
4: Uh, Look, I I give the Texans a lot of guff here, but also in the offseason, I told you, Kevin, if I am a head coach, I want to be a Houston Texans coach. We stink. We have a ton of draft capital. We have an ownership group that knows they got to spend a lot of money over the next couple of years to try to get back in the good graces of their fan base. Now, they could destroy that in one night by staying in the number two spot and drafting a defensive player like idiots, because you can get that same defensive player drafting back. Somebody who's actually going to trade up to that two spot and grab a quarterback. Now, Kevin. If they do go quarterback and do go like Will Levis, I can't actually hate the pick, even though I'm not all that high on Will Levis, because it shows they're finally ready to start their franchise, get their franchise quarterback, what they think is their franchise quarterback in Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. And by the way, just a quick point here. Two weeks ago, Anthony Richardson was the highest-moving player in the draft. My goodness, could he go number one overall or number two? And in the last couple days, I'm worried about he might not even get drafted at this point because I haven't even heard his name. And secondarily here, I still get a kick out of this. I swear, Kevin... tyree wilson is a plant name on the board where i'm not so sure i even know who the actual guy is and yet he's in the discussions here to go as high as number two i'm looking forward to the draft there because it looks like number one now is off the board but my goodness the texans could send this into a spiral with a trade with a pick with a bad pick with a great pick that's what i'm waiting for here and that two spot but i'm gonna sit on this premises if they stay talking about the texans at the number two spot and go defense there's no hope for this franchise Demeco ryan's cash in everything you have now and get out while you still can
3: i it's it is incredible how i disagree with every single thing you just said i, I, mean, ev- say, I mean i mean every single thing i just disagreed with there first of all you just made the point that you don't even know who Tyree Wilson is. I mean, you know who Will on. Anderson is, is right? I do. You know who Will Anderson is. Sure. And yeah. Will Anderson has been favored to be the top defensive player before this past draft season had started. People thought he might win a Heisman Trophy. They're trying yes. to take a A-plus overall prospect at second overall. And here's – why are you drafting a quarterback if you think the quarterback is bad, Donnie? Why would you draft a bad – quarterback because he's a quarterback and if you're Demeco Ryans by the way again please don't listen to anything he just said I think you're gonna do a fine job when you take the quarterback the that clock starts so Ryans yeah. gets a free season Donnie he's like you think he's gonna get fired after one year you want to make that bet I-
4: Look, look! I brought you under my wing in this industry here, right? Guided you along, tried to put you in the right direction, and then here I'm going to guide you in the NFL and how it works here. So many boy, oh teams boy, are in are this lost. spot because they need a quarterback. If you do not take a quarterback here and you trade out and get the same defensive player, one or two well, spots, what if none power, of them are good? How you play poker? But the, was, hear hear me out on this. Quarterbacks, then, if they think he's good, you got to take him because you got to trust your organization. If you don't, and say, well. We're going to draft Will Levis or maybe get a defensive tackle here. We can get that same guy at four, and we know the Colts will give you the house just to move up to number two. Okay. And then knowing the Colts, they probably have taken the two. Yeah, but you have we to understand
3: how. We po- don't know
4: that. go all in with pocket aces. The Houston Texans are sitting there with pocket aces, and if they go and take a defensive player at two, they can get that same guy at four or five and pick up maybe an extra second or first rounder in the future. That's how it's done. That's how it has to all be right. done.
3: Before we move forward, okay, you, th- you literally – Cannot just get the same guy later because then yeah, he yeah. can just be selected at three by the Cardinals. And I also love that your draft strategy is, hey, just don't draft at two and fleece somebody. Like, those are the options. That Like, like it's, it is it is truly, truly uh, incredible there. Uh, Will Anderson is also favored to go third overall uh, because he would not make it past Arizona. But also, uh, if that is only a plus 240 price. Then it is Tyree Wilson, again at plus 270, a plant. Uh, And then it is Paris Johnson Jr. at plus 270, who is the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. If you look around and you read the mocks, and then you also take into the the report that came out, the Cardinals really like Paris Johnson. And the report was that Kyler Murray, hilariously, has been begging them to draft Paris Johnson. Now, Now, I don't know if I'm really supposed to believe that Kyler Murray has been grinding all 22 this draft season, okay, based on the reports that we've heard around Kyler Murray before. Yeah. But I think Arizona, and, and I've read stuff like this, and I believe this, Donnie, Arizona is going to trade out of three. And that's where I think a quarterback checks into the equation here. And the reason I think Arizona is going to trade out of three is the is the notion of they don't care if they get A certain player. They like Paris Johnson, who some people aren't even sure if he's going to land inside the top ten. The Cardinals are desperate to trade back, and they will. And I agree with it. Again, if you're
4: not taking quarterback in those top spots, because legitimately to me, whether we think these guys will be the ultimate franchise guys, it differentiates between which team is actually going to draft and what their needs will be. But if you're in that spot, you can get so much more by trading back and still getting value because we're talking about this only for one reason, Kevin. There's a reason why you draft one, two, three, and four. It's because your franchise stinks, which means you have to reload in so many positions there that it makes sense the stack draft picks up. And the thing I love about the Paris Johnson pick there for the Cardinals because Kyler Murray likes him. It's great because Kyler Murray doesn't even like dip into his playbook, but he's actually watching college football on Saturdays to see if somebody can help him out in the NFL. Or yeah. it as simple as, hey man, last night, some call of duty, man. This guy Paris Johnson's a good guy. You know what? That's my guy at number three. We can have so much fun on the road and on plane trips here by playing Call of Duty together. That's what I think of that. And also, quick smoke screen here for the Philadelphia Eagles. Sure, Howie Roseman is calling around telling teams he wants Paris Johnson and he wants to trade up. I love all the smoke screens, but that includes Arizona. They also, Kevin, should be trading out of number three.
3: Yeah, look, the teams that I think are going to be calling will be the Colts. I think you're going to see the Tennessee Titans enter the equation. If Will Anderson makes it to three, which would be shocking because the Texans are just going to draft him at two, the Eagles will start to call up in that range as well. We will revisit the draft a little bit later on in this show. But an NBA Finals favorite is gone. That's next right here on the Early Line Live right here on the early line. And the NBA Finals favorite before the postseason began is no longer in the field. The Milwaukee Bucks lose in five games to the Miami Heat. And this one, the worst one. 128 to 126 in overtime in their own building. They lose the fourth quarter, 32 to 16. They could not buy a basket. They looked rattled, scared, and their coach did nothing but enforce more fear in their hearts. They, he refused to call a timeout at the end of regulation throughout overtime and just watched as Jimmy Butler and Max Struess and Eric Spalstra ripped their hearts out. And to me, the most important note is there are no excuses. There is no, Al, oh, but not Jan- no, 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 but no, but Giannis missed this, Giannis missed that. Giannis played the last two games. And in game number four, they had a 15 plus point lead. Giannis had a 26 point triple double, they lost. And then here in game number five, Giannis had 38 points, 20 rebounds, and another 15 plus point lead, and they lost. Again, there are no excuses. The Heat eliminated the Milwaukee Bucks in the opening round because they were better, better coached, and most specifically, they had the best player in the series in Jimmy Butler by a wide margin. And they were tougher, and they believed they would win. You know, a team
4: that goes in a number one versus a number eight. And even, I could still go back to game number one when Giannis went down, but then Tyler Hero knew was like, man, what a shame for the Miami Heat. You actually get some luck in your, on your side by getting a bang, banged-up Giannis, but you lose one of your key components here. Yeah, that was a nice game one win, but that's not going to hold up over the series. You're probably looking at the Milwaukee Bucks in five or seven at the worst, because why? Probably close them out in their own building. But the last two games showed you everything about what the Bucks are. They just wilted in the biggest spots here. And Kevin, we weren't talking about like, hey, both of those games they entered into the fourth quarter tied. It could have went either way, and Jimmy Butler was just a better player on the court. Like, no, you could have basically went into that fourth quarter, didn't play all that well, and still came with victories in both of those games. I can't believe the epic failure yesterday that was the Bucks because as you watched it coming down the stretch, and I get it, opening up the fourth quarter, they didn't play very well. But you're up like four points with seven seconds to go. You have the basketball with two seconds left there's no way and even if you could take a look at the final final uh play at the end of the fourth quarter jimmy butler gets the pass you know plays football knocks guys over like a bowling pin and lays it in there was no call you can't look at that and go well oh man if they made the call the bucks would win Hey, come on now. The Bucs, then we're going to win game six the way they've been playing. And it seems like that same MO. You should learn from your mistakes. When you have a lead in order to close a team out in the fourth quarter, you don't get it done. And the next night you go into it up six. The next game, excuse me, you go up 16 and you can't close it on your home court. And also, make your free throws. The Bucs shot 42 free throws, Kevin. Excuse me, 45 free throws in that game. They made 60. 2%. There's middle school teams that make way higher percentages than that. And when you look at the final score, 128 to 126, and you went 28 of 45 from the free throw line, that's why you lost. And also, oh yeah, Budenholz are your coach, come up with a play somewhere. Don't you got something saved up, Kevin? Can't you don't you have the right anecdote to tell your team with a minute left to go? Here's how it's going to play out. We got this and get out there. You're right. The Bucks played absolutely scared to death in that final minute and they lost. Yep.
3: They were horrified. There was 0.5 seconds left on the clock after uh, the Heat were able to tie up the basketball game, and they just didn't call a timeout. I've never seen that in my life. I've never seen that in my life. 0.5. Now, sometimes, right, the team has six seconds. They'll let you go. 0.5. They would have been able to use your least favorite rule in the world. Advance the ball. Let's get a shot at it. You just throw the ball at the basket, see if Giannis gets fouled, tips it in. He's just got to make one out of two, and you advance, and you move on. Budenholzer, no thanks. No, I'm good. Down the stretch, nothing. They didn't get a shot off the Milwaukee Bucks, by the way, when this game ended. They they That's didn't crazy. get a ah. shot off.
4: Ooh, I look good.
3: It was awful to watch, and Budenholzer's job is on the line. And it does not help, by the way, that Nick Nurse is on the market. But here's the thing. It goes beyond just the coach. All of This Bucks roster is... You've got Middleton that's going to be a free agent, essentially, because basically usually players of his caliber opt out, okay? Brooke Lopez is a straight free agent. Drew Holiday's got a year left on his deal, then he's a free agent. Things are coming coming due here for Milwaukee. Are they going to double down on this roster? Are you sure that that's what you want to do? Is Middleton reliable? Is Drew Holiday reliable? I got to tell you, I know Drew Holiday had himself a heck of a season, okay? This was not good for Drew Holiday. Supposed to be the best perimeter defender in basketball. Not according to Jimmy Butler, I'll tell you that much. And offensively, the efficiency was nowhere to be found. And we've almost come to expect that from Drew Holiday when we get to the postseason. The Bucs are going to have to look at themselves and really, really move things around on that roster. They are not going to be the favorites next year to win a title preseason, or or to win the Eastern Conference unless they make big big changes, Donnie, to their roster. To get over to the Miami end of this, though, about kind of now a team that as an eighth seed has advanced, how far can they go? Well, here's what I feel pretty confident in. The Heat have the best player remaining in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yes, that includes Jason Tatum. Yes, that includes Joel Embiid. Because the playoffs started. I have watched Jimmy be better than Embiid when the playoffs begin for years now. And I have no reason to think that's going to stop. Especially when I look at what each guy did in their opening round of the postseason. I watched Jimmy Butler outplay Jason Tatum last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm, I'm lining it up right now. Has Tatum looked like he's better than Jimmy Butler since the postseason begins? Not at all. I picked the Celtics to win the title, and I still think that's how it's going to come down. Not enough has changed here for that. But can Miami do this, Donnie? Of course they can. Of course they can win the East. They have the best coach in the conference and the best player in the conference.
4: Yeah, but here's the tough part about it, because I want to equate this to, let's just say, the Phoenix Suns, right, Kevin? We take a look at that team. Now, they advanced, too. They won in five, just like the Miami Heat won in five, but obviously the Heat, much tougher schedule here because they had the Bucks. But what are we going to continuously get out of Jimmy Butler? Do we expect this night tonight, Kevin, where the usage rate is off the charts, playing 40-plus minutes overtime? You need everything because, quite frankly, if Jimmy Butler doesn't play well, the Miami Heat can't win. Now, he's up to the challenge. We've seen that. Playoff Jimmy is in full effect. They just knocked off maybe the most talented team in the NBA and the number one seed. They're going to take on the Knicks next round. Can they beat us? I'm sure they can. But I just don't know how long this can last. Because Jimmy Butler, and I'm not knocking him and saying he's ancient, like 38 or 39 years old. But you can't play 40-plus minutes every single night and be the focal point and have to play unbelievably clutch basketball night in and night out. That's why they were the they, they, they were AC Kevin, not the two-seed here with the regular season they had. That's my only worry for the Miami Heat. It's enjoyable to watch Jimmy Butler, but my goodness, he's going to have to be the energizer bunny here. Kevin, to keep everything above board for the Miami Heat if they want to win another series here against the Knicks. I,
3: I know Jimmy tries to dispel the notion of playoff, Jimmy, but I don't. I, I don't. I don't really know why. Maybe it's because he thinks it's it slanders his regular season efforts. But he he turned at minimum his approach changes when the playoffs begin he's averaging 10 more attempts per game from the field so Jimmy Butler is going to continue to have to be that guy waiting for the Miami Heat though they already know who they're going to be playing because the Knicks finished off Cleveland in five and look the Bucs had an unforgivable result you just can't be the number one seed in the entire sport and lose in the first round but the Cavs were were 100%, Donnie. But the Cavs were embarrassing. They were they were so... And and I don't... I, I thought the Cavs would win the series. My cop-out is I thought it was because Julius Randle would be a negative player. He was a negative player, and the Knicks still overcame that. But J.B. Bickerstaff looked lost. Donovan Mitchell basically only had one game of, oh, look, it's Donovan Mitchell in this series... Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, in the closeout, 10 points combined. Mitchell Robinson kicked their ass, who out-rebounded and outscored. Both of them combined in this closeout game. Brunson was the best player by a mile in this series. All the credit to the New York Knicks here, who found a way not just to win this series, but to dominate this series they did dominate the series and that's all you can
4: take away from it here even if it was ugly basketball where it wasn't enjoying the games all the way through it was clear the Knicks were the better team it seems like in just about every single game even though they did lose one but having said that the Cleveland Cavaliers coming into the series one of the better home teams here in the Eastern Conference you thought you could just buoy that right Ah, you know just handle your business yep. on the home court steal a game in the guard and you're going to be fine in this one and you're right Julius Randle, who was the Knicks' best player along with Brunson in the regular season, we had no idea what we would get out of him, and we didn't get all that much, particularly with efficiency, and he got hurt again about midway through the game, and it still didn't matter. That shows you how bad the Cavaliers are. Now, we know, Kevin, in the playoffs, it tends to slow down more of a half-court game. That's on your coach, man. If you are consistently under 100 points, get out of town. Mm -hmm. That is a horrible coaching job.
3: To... The the question you pose for Miami, can Jimmy continue to do this, right? It's a fair question. He just averaged 37 a game on about 60% shooting. Can the Knicks continue to win with Julius Randle playing at this level, who, by the way, injured during yesterday's victory and only played 16 minutes? Because here's my thing. I don't think, and I don't think you would offer this up either, I don't expect Randle next round to all of a sudden be spectacular. I don't all of a sudden think Randall's going to figure out playoff basketball. I think he's going to continue to be terrible, and I don't know if the Knicks can continue to win in that fashion. We go to the Western Conference next right here on the Early Line.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: I just want to pop in here with a little bit of draft news quickly I know we're doing NBA here but it's worthwhile because uh, I don't know the DRS and I our roots are still probably rooted somewhere uh in an in-game live in place uh sports tonight style type of breakdown here uh Mel Kuyper of ESPN, as well as Peter Schrager of NFL Network, have both released mock drafts this morning, both willing to project trades in those mock drafts, and are both projecting the Titans to trade up to three to take C.J. Stroud. Okay? Keep that in mind. And by the way, uh, both of those guys as well have going off the board and this is not a I got you type of thing. That's not the point of this. Uh, Is Will Anderson going second to the Texans? I know you don't care whether it happens or not. You just think it's a bad move. But to give people an idea here, uh, you're also seeing the Titans move to minus 175 in the FanDuel Sportsbook for the the position of their first pick to be quarterback. So movement starting here, DRS, with an eye towards a draft trade up for Tennessee. I like it. I really do. Because you don't have your franchise guy
4: if he's not on your roster. Simple, right? Enough with the Ryan Tannehill experiments. You drafted mm-hmm. Malik Willis, and I do believe that it all came down to it. The general manager got fired for that Malik Willis pick. So you get a new guy in town, which is Rand Carthon. He wants to put his stamp of approval on the franchise. I love it. They sit at 11 right now. They're not going to get their guy if they stay there. If they have a willing participant to move back in the Cardinals at 3, and Stroud is there, if we're looking from a talent perspective here, and we're going quarterbacks 1-2, There was a thought process, Kevin, what? Just like two weeks ago, Who is it going to be? Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? If you can get him at three, boy, that really sets the Tennessee Titans up where, again, you can sell that to your fan base. You can sell that to the front office and team. We got our guy. Let's redo this. Rabel's a great head coach. I love that move if it happens. I do.
3: Yeah, and again, that's why, to me, when you're talking about now C.J. Stroud being a plus 250 favorite to go third, I expect – The trade at three. I think the Texans are taking Will Anderson at two. You and I can talk about whether it was a mistake or not more tomorrow, but in terms of what's going to happen, that is what seems likeliest. Getting to the NBA last night, uh, Darius, I want to let you go first on this here because you like Sacramento. Uh, you just a tough situation, right? You like Sacramento in yep. this series after it was evened up at two-two, and what yep. hours? It felt like minutes after the news, yeah. the yeah. Darian Fox stuff came out, right? obviously shifted things massively now fox did play in the basketball game and the line only closed golden state minus two but it was a golden state seven point victory here your overall takeaway the lead up to the game and how it played out and here's where you've got to be honest with yourself,
4: right? I, I said steadfastly all along, I thought the Kings overall were the better team. Why? Primarily because they had home court advantage and the Warriors couldn't win. So as long as the Sacramento Kings had all of their players there, I thought they would win. And quite frankly, after game four, and I told you even before game four even started, I really like the Kings. I'm not betting them now because I don't think they can win game four. I should say, I don't think they can win game four. I I didn't think they were going to be 3-1 heading back to Sacramento, and they weren't. And I got a great price on the price, you know, 156. I think it's actually 165, I want to say, by the time the price point hit. Mm -hmm. But having said that, I did take that bet early in the day. It wasn't for a lot, but I was like, you know what? I want to put some money behind what I've been talking about here. And it comes out where Fox has a broken finger on his shooting hand. I said, oh, my goodness, man. Like, I know you need breaks to win championships, which is the Warriors are getting the ultimate break there, the best player, no pun intended there, on a finger. But even yeah. yesterday, Kevin, coming into the game, whether it was the early line yesterday or a money line, I said, I got to be honest. I'm not so sure I'm going to put money on the Kings tonight if I just had a one-off. Because again, the Kings were getting one and a half at home and I don't think the Warriors can win, but that also means that I'm getting a full gas, the Aaron Fox, and I knew I wasn't getting that. Now, you could argue and say, Donnie, how much did it affect him? He was able to play 42 minutes and be out there. Yeah, he went nine of 25 from the floor, which included three of 10 from three-point range. That wasn't an ultra-efficient Fox. That was a guy saying, I'm here for my guys. I'm going to do as much as I can. But it was apparent. The shooting touch was off. And I would love to have seen it, play out a little bit differently where he was healthy but i can't take any credit away from the warriors they struggled on the road all season long they were going to come up in a big spot in the 2-2 series now and have an elimination game in their own building where they can close out the kings that's what championship teams do you're not going to look back and go oh you know what good foxes that will take it easy they were the better team for the majority of that game last night and they won
3: yeah so to to me is someone that Thought that Golden State would win the series before it all got going. The expectation, though, that this would be longer, right? Six or seven games. That's where we are. Golden State has always had the ability to get one on the road, right? Now, they've never been this bad of a road team, but obviously that holds true here uh, in this game. That second quarter, Holding the Kings to just 20 points, right, was such a swing. And I felt like the Warriors were able to just keep them enough at distance throughout this basketball game to see this finish, uh, you know, across the line here. What's very interesting to me is something that I think was kind of said after, you know, Draymond returned. And Steph said that Draymond had an ability after the suspension to kind of sit back and evaluate and maybe see where else he could attack this team. Draymond Green's first game back, he took 14 shots. Very on draymond Green-like. To give you an idea during the regular season, Draymond Green averaged six and a half field goal attempts per game. All of a sudden, Draymond Green, the shooter, doesn't even make sense. And he followed that up by taking another double digit attempts In that game and scoring 21 points, look, I don't want to be tinfoil guy, but I think the Draymond suspension somehow ended up helping this Golden State team here. I really did, because Draymond Green used to dribble around, not just unwilling to shoot, his back would be towards his own basket as he would look for everybody else other than himself here, and I feel like this was maybe an adjustment that Sacramento was just not necessarily prepared for. And I know the notion of it might sound crazy. What, the adjustment of a guy trying to score? Yes. Yes. He took 11 shots in the first two games combined. He has taken 24 in these last two games here. And that little... Wrinkle, I think, is thrown off the Sacramento Kings. Some here, uh, we head into Game Six. I know we'll have plenty of time to preview that game when it comes. But do you think Sacramento has any chance to win that basketball game?
4: No, I, I really don't, because you're also looking at it from a perspective where you have to say the championship pedigree does weigh in. Now, this is a team that knows big moments and says, "Hey." We're not going to go home here and just see what happens because we have a Game 7 in Sacramento. Oh, we just won a game in Sacramento. Championship teams put their foot down here with a chance to end the series. That place is going to be a wild environment in San Francisco. I don't see it. Am I rooting for it? Yes, because we love Game 7s. And boy, what theater that would be in Sacramento. But just looking at it right now, and also you're right on the the Draymond point. If you get 10 points out of Draymond, that is a luxury. 21 points, Mm -hmm. that's incredible. If you can get Draymond Green efficient on offense along with his defense, boy, that's really going to help. And you're right, silver linings there, right? Oh, Draymond suspended. And I was joking going, hey, the Kings are actually calling up the NBA saying like, hey, he didn't mean that, man. Put him right back in the game because with him on the court, it's actually a detriment. Not the case right now. But getting back to your point again, game six, boy, that's going to be a tough one there for the Kings. And I don't think they win that game.
3: I I don't think they win it either. What I will say for Sacramento is I've also been a big believer in... I don't think I could trust them in a Game 7 at home. Man, I don't know about Golden State winning twice in Sacramento. I don't know about Golden State winning twice in Sac. We'll see hmm. if that game even exists. Lakers then we get over to Grizzlies-Lakers, 116-99. to And this is one of those games where... Look, LeBron was really bad. Five of 17, one of nine from three. His, I mean, the the three point shot not working at all in this series, just 15 points. They lost a big Anthony Davis game 31 points, 19 rebounds. You try and find out why, and it's not to play the blame game here, but you look at that starting lineup, right? The plus minuses DRS, plus six, plus two, minus one, even, plus five, and then the bench checks in. Rui, minus 18. Troy Brown Jr., minus 26. Malik Beasley, minus 23. Dennis Schroeder, minus 20. The shooting was awful. The minutes were awful here. The Lakers bench left a lot to be desired. A unit that has been great throughout this series found themselves on the wrong side of it here in this matchup.
4: Yeah, that was bad by the bench. And how much time how many times Kevin Tres said that I talk about look, your bench usually steps up at home? It's a little bit tougher, and especially in an environment like in Memphis, where you knew Memphis had to win. The Lakers bench certainly didn't show up in this spot. But shout out LeBron James for showing up. He said, What are talking about, man? Five of seventeen from the floor, yeah. one of nine for three point range, fifteen points, but the ten got him to a double double along with Giannis at the FanDuel Sportsbook to cash in a double double bonus there. So I think LeBron James knew when he was sitting on nine late in that game. Let me just go one more and head to the bench but having said that I wasn't surprised by this Were you Memphis is a good basketball team Mm -hmm. Memphis is unbelievable at home you knew as long as Memphis was healthy which they were last night you were gonna get their best punch and I think the Lakers knew that now heading into the game I was also under the guy saying look the Lakers are getting four points in this game you're probably not gonna say I don't think the Lakers can win but I'm gonna take the four points that wouldn't make any sense but also the championship pedigree Anthony Davis has won one there with the Lakers LeBron James has won multiple championships there's no way the Lakers were looking at this game as a vacation going let's just go see what happens We got a game six Hmm. back at crypto.com. I think they gave their best honest effort. But in that first quarter, when your boy Kennard was just going nuts from three-point range, it was apparent. Memphis Grizzlies were there to play, and you knew it right off the bat. And I think the Lakers at that point like, okay, we got your best punch. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. But we're going to put all our eggs in the basket for game six now.
3: Kennard, by the way, uh, had a b- bizarre game. two for three in the first quarter from three. He didn't shoot again the rest of the game. He got in some minute. foul trouble. And Taylor Jenkins, I guess, was like, all right, I can't play you. But he was also a team best plus 26. Look, Taylor, actually, I'm not going to help you out. I want the Lakers to win the series. I think you should play Dylan Brooks even more, pal. Uh, Dylan Brooks, uh, by the way, by the, by the way, okay, can we all agree that he's like the worst player, at least in the playoffs, right? Nobody's, nobody's, def- Dylan Brooks went out there and went three of 15 from the field, two of 10 from three. He's shooting 30% Donnie in this series. He shoots 13 times a game. Uh, is it really like you're really telling me that Dylan Brooks is giving them that much defensively? He's not. That they sh- shouldn't consider cutting his minutes in half. Honestly, he should, he needs to be playing 30 minutes a night as the worst shooter in the league right now.
4: And it's not like when he pulls up for three, it's like, we'll get it together. Like, he looks like Ray Allen. It doesn't even look all that fluid at this point. But having said that, Kevin, yesterday, part of my same game parlay, which I lost two of the three legs, so it didn't matter who's going to win anyway. I did take Dylan the villain over 12 and a half because I look at it, Kevin, and go, he is going to play 30 minutes. He is going to shoot 15 times regardless if he's bricking everything. You love the usage rate on something that low. But even watching early on, it's like, man, he's like two for eight. There's no chance he's getting to 12 and a half points in this game. But then when you see the statistics, I sort of want to back it up and take it again because apparently he has court Blanche out there. Hey, let it rip man. Because nobody wants to get in his face. Cause he might fight his own team. I don't know what it is.
3: Look, he is awful. It's what it is. He was dancing before the game too. I'm sure he was having a great time. I'm just telling you, look, time. it is not It is not a defending LeBron thing. That has nothing to do with it. Dylan Brooks is a horrendous NBA player, one of the absolute worst, and it's on full display. Look, last point here before uh, we close this out. John Moran, last three games since returning, 26 field goal attempts. Uh, he also had 14 free throws in that game, 24 field goal attempts, 26 field goal attempts. Ja and the volume are there. He's, he's going to be going out swinging, uh, and as he should. Ja Morant presents mismatches here for the L.A. Lakers, and he's obviously been able to exploit them now a couple of times throughout this series. We'll close out our number one on the ice.
2: It's the early line on Sports Grid.
3: Heading over to the ice here as we close out this opening hour, a lot of good stuff coming uh, in our number two, just one game tonight in the NBA, which works well since we do have the NFL draft talk a little Rodgers uh, as well as preview that major league baseball board. But uh, there is some hockey to be played tonight before we get there. Uh, we saw the Bruins lose at home for the second time in this series to the Florida Panthers. And I know that it is probably a little unfair what is expected of Boston, but I don't actually think that's true. They ran through every single team they played throughout this regular season. I don't think it's unfair, Donnie, to ask them to win, multi, to to close out their games at home. The, the gap that exists between Boston and the field, maybe that has to do more with the field than Boston, but they have not dominated, I think, in the way people would have anticipated here to start this postseason.
4: No, they haven't. Sometimes it just comes down to if your goalie is going to play extremely well, you have a chance to steal a game or even a series. But also keep in mind, Bruins still have a 3-2 series lead. Would you have liked to see them close it out again? Yes, but they still have a chance to go to Florida, which they've already won a game down there, and win that series in six, which you can't get mad at that. It didn't force a game seven where they had to go to overtime here it's hard to win hockey games in the playoffs and you're seeing it now the bruins look like we expected them to go 4-0 every series it's not going to be the case
3: no, certainly not. Uh, looking at tonight's games here, uh, we've got game number five between the Devils and the Rangers. Road team has won all four games so far. Just based on kind of the way you expect postseason to play out here, does that draw you to the Devils or the Rangers? I, you know, it's
4: really a coin flip at this point because whose home ice is it? Action, also, Kevin. Quick, quick question here. Do these teams stay in hotels in, like, Newark and New York City, even though they probably live in the same area? How does that work?
3: Uh, It's a great question. I mean, folks, it's a great question. It's a great question. I I have no idea. And, uh, I mean, it probably would influence the total. Is this game going to go over tonight? Many are asking. Hour number two coming up.
0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh.